The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Stephen G. Iwanu is the author of the award-winning short story collection Muscle Cars and the novel Rook. He holds an MFA from Queen's University of Charlotte and an MA from Miami University. And Stephen is with us here just now. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you for having me today. So how did you actually get started as an author? Well, growing up, I was always a big reader, and my sisters and dad, they were big readers as well. So I grew up around books and my dad's storytelling. Um, it was a, probably about around 1981. I think I was a senior in high school, and John Irving came out with a novel uh, called The Hotel New Hampshire, if you remember that one. And I finished reading that, and I was like 17 or 18. When I finished it, I remember thinking, I wish I could write a book like that. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, I was um, at the University of Buffalo, and I took my first creative writing class. And at that moment, I said, I'm hooked. This is what I want to do. I'm sort of good at it. Um, I, I, I want to really write for the rest of my life. So I finished my undergrad. I went to grad school at Miami of Ohio. And this was like the mid 80s. And about that time, you know, folks like Brett Easton Ellis uh, and uh, Michael Chabon, uh, all those guys who were just, you know, like four or five years older than me were coming out with their first novels and they're all around 30 years old. And I thought, well, that's going to be me. You know, I'm in grad school. I'm going to write, you know, my thesis and yeah. my, my first novel. I'll be published by the time I'm 30. Uh, well, 30 came and went and uh, 40 came and went uh, <laughs> and I turned 50 and still no book. And it wasn't until I think I, I turned 52 that Muscle Cars, my short story collection came out. Um, so I'm an overnight success after about 40 years. <laughs> yeah. And your short story, Muscle Cars, as well as your novel, Rook, have both garnered critical acclaim. What do you think the secret behind that critical success is? I don't know. And I wish someone had told me about 30 years earlier, to be <laughs> honest with you. Uh, you know, I think I just plugged away and I think the stories were very polished in Muscle Cars. Um, all 17 had been published in literary journals uh, before they were they were put in the collection. So they'd all been through, you know, countless editing and polishing. And I just think that if, if you do anything for 30 or 40 years, sooner or later, you're going to get good at it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so something seemed to click right around that time frame. And, uh, you know, since then, that book came out and then Rook came out. 
uh, last year. And now my second novel yesteryear is coming out in October. So things finally fell into place with me for whatever reason, you know, maybe as a person, I had to mature, you know, certainly as a writer, I had to mature at my craft. Um, things just seem to have gelled over the last 10 years. Now, you mentioned your latest novel yesteryear is forthcoming in October. What can you tell us about the book without spoiling it all? Well, everyone's heard of The Lone Ranger, um, yeah. but they probably haven't heard of the man named Fran Stryker who wrote and created The Lone Ranger. And they probably haven't heard about him because he sold the rights to The Ranger for $10, $10 American dollars before The Lone Ranger you know, exploded into you know pop culture uh, phenomena. Yeah. Um, and then the person he sold it to is a man who owned a radio station in Detroit, Michigan, uh, and his name was George W. Trendle. And after The Ranger had become a success, had been on the radio for about 10 years, he started claiming in interviews and articles that he was the one who created The Lone Ranger. And there was even a, a story circulating that Fran Stryker didn't join the writing team until after the, ra- uh, after the Ranger had been premiering on the radio. So he his name has kind of gotten forgotten. There's still some controversy around who created The Lone Ranger. And uh, I was drawn to the story because it turned out that Fran Stryker was um, from my hometown of Buffalo, New York. And not only was he from my hometown, he lived in my neighborhood and he wrote The Lone Ranger, you know, like six <laughs> blocks from my house. Wow. Uh, so there was a connection there, being a Buffalo writer. And what I wanted to do is make the story a fun book. Uh, so it's part comic novel. It's part historical novel. Um, there's some magical realism in there. It's populated with characters who, who lived during that time period. Uh, Jimmy Slattery, who was a former boxing champion. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt makes a cameo appearance. So wow. it's, it's a lot of fun, I hope. And it's written it's written in the same vein as like The Natural uh, or Shoeless Joe or, um, you know, th- those kind of fairy tale like stories and surrounding the Lone Ranger. Yeah, it's always fascinating when you find out something about the place where you live that you had no idea, but probably should have known. Well, somebody told me, I think it was at a bar. And that the guy who wrote The Lone Ranger was from Buffalo. And I said, there's no way I would know about that. (laughs) Um, And of course, you know, I immediately Googled it and and he was right. And uh, that's what just really got me curious about Fran's life. And because your Muscle Cars short story collection and the novel Rook have both been so successful with the critics, is there a bit of pressure for you with this book? I think there's pressure with every book. Um, I think there's some with, with this one because it is so different than muscle cars in Rook in terms of tone and language and style. It's really something different for me completely. Mm. Uh, and I can remember when I, I wrote, let me like the first 25 pages, I've got a trusted group of, of authors that we share work with. And I, I remember sending them the pages and saying, you know, I don't need you to critique this. Just let me know if I should keep going. Uh, yeah. Cause this is so different. Um, and I was uncomfortable having a great time, um, but it was uncharted territory for me. And everyone said, no, 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 keep going, keep going. And I said, you know, are you sure? Because I don't want to like, you know, I'm getting old. (laughs) I don't want to spend the next year and a half, two years if this type of approach with the language and the storytelling isn't working. 
And they said, no, 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 just keep going, just keep going. And, and so I did. And, uh, and my mantra was, because it was kind of, I was thinking of the natural and Shoeless Joe in the back of my mind, both baseball novels. My mantra became, you know, swing for the fences, a, a baseball term, you know, go for the home run. Don't hold anything back, you know, so no joke could be, you know, uh, out of place. No sentence could be too long. Um, nothing can be too wild. You know, what do you got to lose? Uh, so that was my mantra. Just just go for it. Just swing for the fences. Uh, and, and hopefully uh, it will be as well received as Rook and Muscle Cars have been. And do you think that because you're in Buffalo and you know about Buffalo, you can put a lot of information in the book that maybe, you know, if I wrote the book, I wouldn't know? I think that absolutely helps. You know, Buffalo has become kind of like the, the literary turf that I want to explore, uh, like William Kennedy did with um, his Albany trilogy in, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, like Stephen King does with Maine, you know, Buffalo is kind of my turf that I've carved out. So not only are there Buffalo's stories and historical places and figures in this book, um, but my family's been here since the 1920s when when um, they came from Greece. And so uh, a lot of the stories in yesteryear are my dad's stories that he would tell. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Growing up in Buffalo in the 1930s, living above my grandfather's restaurant, 
um, you know, the, and the characters that would come into the restaurant, like like the Jimmy Slatteries of the world, and and the uh, pickpockets and dog thieves and uh, all these characters that my dad loved and my mother hated. Uh, you know, they they all I listened to those stories, and they have worked their way into yesteryear. Um, so that was a lot of fun incorporating the Buffalo stories with um, Franz Stryker's story and my own family history. And your own personal history is quite impressive. Because as I mentioned at the start, you've got an MFA from Queen's University of Charlotte and an MA from Miami University. How did your educational background influence your writing style and approach? Well, I'll tell you, if I had a point, you know, what made that um, that pivot for me after, you know, decades of, of, of not being published? I, I think I had three failed novels and a short story collection in the drawer that I couldn't place anywhere. I think if I had a point to one point that really made a difference is really when I went to Queens for my, my master of fine arts. Um, and that was really my last gasp, uh, <laughs> as a writer is like, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe this isn't such a good idea. Um, so what, what, I don't know what happened at Queens, you know, if I was just surrounded by the right people and I found my tribe, if the, the things I've been hearing in creative writing classes for, for decades finally clicked home, or finally, if I had just lived enough that I had something to say and could say it better now. Um, but really it, it all happened at Queens. And I think one of the big things is I learned finally, you know, what makes up a story and it's basic stuff. It's like stuff we learned in English class. In, you know, since seventh grade, you know, you have to have a protagonist that wants something. You have to have, you know, conflict and antagonist you know, growth. All those things that you learn in creative writing class that I've heard and read for whatever reason, things clicked at Queens and muscle cars is actually my, my master's thesis from there. Um, I had started out with the idea of working on two of those three failed novels and, um, it was like, no, they, they really weren't working. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to switch gears at the halfway point and I, I switched from having a, a novel as my thesis to a short story collection and, and that became Muscle Cars. And do you think there have been any specific authors that have influenced your writing style throughout your career? Well, I think certainly like I, I mentioned, uh, John Irving and William Kennedy, they certainly were early influences. Influences. I think Richard Russo, um, his sense of place uh, has affected me greatly. And, you know, my place is, is Buffalo, New York. Um, so I think he influenced me a, a, a great deal as well. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of go back to the uh, kind of the, the noir writers of the of the 40s, like like Raymond Chandler, uh, uh, you know, just just those those hard boiled detectives with their with their their short, punchy sentences. Um, I grew up reading those types of novels, you know, Dashiell Hammett and, and watching the movie versions. And and I love radio. So even the radio uh, teleplay version, uh, radio play versions of those yeah. I have recordings of. So I, I think that type of dialogue and short, punchy sentences uh, really kind of made their way into my subconscious. Um, and as I get older, I find myself writing more and more uh, in that style. Yeah. Well, this book is, of course, coming out in October, yesteryear. Do you have plans after that book for even more? Well, it's funny. I wrote something during the pandemic, during the lockdown, um, and I call it my pandemic novel. It has nothing <laughs> to do with the pandemic. Um, but, you know, I had a lot of writer friends and visual artists 
who just really could not create anything during that period, um, just because it was so awful and so scary. And, you know, that for whatever reason, they just couldn't produce. I was sort of the opposite. I, I tell people that a lot of times we, we read to escape. I, I wrote to escape during that lockdown period. I mean, I was alone in a big house with a one-eyed dog and yeah, I couldn't go out. Um, and so I just, I started writing and I guess it goes back to my, my love of like, you know, Dashiell Hammett and the, and the hard boiled novelists that uh, came before me. I wrote a novel that's, um, set in 1942. It's called after Pearl. Um, the title comes from after Pearl Harbor and it's about a alcoholic detective with a little one-eyed dog, um, who wakes up after a five day bender. Um, uh, and he can't remember the last five days of his life, but he's missing two bullets from his gun and the police want to talk to him. Um, and so that's what starts the novel off. Um, and he has to find out, find what happened to the missing singer and there's, uh, Nazis thrown in there. Um, so I wrote that book for myself, as I said, yeah. and I remember blogging, I remember blogging saying, I don't know if this will ever see the light of day if it'll be published, but this is really good and healthy for me to do, to do this now yeah um so i showed to my friend um carla dameron who has a wonderful book called the orchid tattoo that's out and she's a, a crime and mystery novelist and the first question she asked me she was, was this a series and i said no it's just a standalone i wrote it during the pandemic and i showed it to ashley warlick and her last novel was the arrangement and the first question she asked me was, is this a series? And I said, no, 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 it's just a one-off. I wrote it during lockdown. And so I showed it to my publisher. And he goes, is this a series? <laughs> because I think Netflix would really like this. And I paused and I said, yes, yes, it's absolutely a series. And I had no idea what <laughs> what books are going to follow after Pearl. But, you know, when someone asks you a question like that and they throw out Netflix or HBO, you got to say yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so after after Pearl is the first uh, Nicholas Bishop detective novel that comes out in 2025. And I've just started on the second novel uh, of that series. So hopefully that's going to keep me busy for the next few years. Yes, very exciting. And this book, Yesteryear, comes out in October. Do we have to mm -hmm. wait till then or is it available to pre-order? No, that's a great question. You can pre-order it now at any of the places you buy books online. Uh, or what I always tell people... Um, go to your favorite indie bookstore, your neighborhood bookstore. They can pre-order for you. It's it's um, available, you know, worldwide distribution. So you can get that now. And uh, um, like you said, October third is the official pub date, but you don't have to wait until that. If somebody really wants to read one of your books right now, which one would you recommend? Start at the beginning. Um, start with Muscle Cars uh, because that was really the turning point and the springboard for everything that's coming afterwards. So I would say that you can um, get a good feel for the sense of place in that novel, uh, the types of characters. And I describe Muscle Cars as 17 short, st short stories about guys making bad decisions. Um, so that'll give you a good feel for my style, uh, my sense of place, and the, the characters that I'm attracted to. Excellent. Well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been great to have you here on the show. Oh, thank you so much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.